Hey, you're about to hear a great word from our teaching team. At Freedom House, we're about equipping you to experience Christ's freedom every day. We would love to connect with you. We stream our live services Sundays at 10.30 and 12.15 Eastern Standard Time. You can join us at freedomhouse.cc live. I hope you enjoyed this message. What is up, Freedom House? How are y'all doing today? You doing well? Awesome. Well, my name is Diana Henderson. If I have not had the pleasure of meeting you yet. I hope I get to. I want to share just a little bit about myself before I dive into the word tonight. So I am wife to this amazing man here on the front row, Matt, and I'm mom to three kiddos. And I actually brought a picture. My two kids, two of my three are sitting on the front row as well. And I brought a picture that probably best describes my life right now. These four and just a wild adventure. Can I get an amen to that? (laughs) Well, I work in the marketplace. I lead sales and client services for a marketing technology company. I also am an entrepreneur. I started my own business consultancy. And after a year of service pastoring at our South End campus with my husband, we've officially stepped into the role of campus pastor. Now, That's right, go Jesus. I say that not to toot my own horn, but to toot that of God's. And here's why. So I serve on our teaching team, and I joined about a year and a half ago. And when I did, I said, God, I can't do this. And he said, oh, yes, you can. And he gave me the scripture, Ephesians 3, 8, to prove it. And it says, I am less than the least of God's people, but this grace was given to me to preach the boundless riches of Christ. So it is not by any of my qualification. It is simply by my obedience. So I'm excited to be with you here today. And we're in a series called House Party, right? And let me just say, it's a party. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's a party. Turn to your other neighbor and say, it's a good party. Well, and you can't have a house party without community. You just can't. I've learned that one. But you know, What is community? The Webster's Dictionary describes community as a feeling of fellowship with others as a result of sharing common attitudes, interests, and goals. You know, the Bible, it's interesting, the Old Testament was written in Hebrew, the New Testament was written in Greek, and when the word community is used in the Old Testament, it's actually the Hebrew word kahal, and it means this. It means contingent, assembly, convocation, or congregation. So I wanna start off today by telling a story. So there was this couple that had started coming to Freedom House, and they had come for a while. I'm talking like several years. And they would come in right as service was starting. They would sit in the back. They'd sit where like nobody else was around. When service let out, they would go out the doors as quickly as they could. They didn't make contact with anybody. They didn't dare go to lunch with anybody. And they definitely did not join a life group. Now, this couple experienced some pretty rough life experiences during that time. It was when the economy crashed. So they went through job loss a significant period of unemployment. They had their first baby. They moved homes. They experienced family loss. And all of this without the support of the church. Now, this was not fault of Freedom House because Freedom House didn't know they existed. 
You see, this couple, it's like they had shown up to the house party, they drove there, and they sat in their car the whole time while it went on. They were missing out on community. So I want to talk today about the power of community and specifically what we can gain from community. Y'all ready for this? Okay, well at Freedom House we say that note takers are history makers. So grab your notes. The first point is community invites. Community invites. So how do you get to be a part of community? You're invited. And, you know, God's house is probably the most amazing house party ever. And do you know that you're all invited? Turn to your neighbor and say, you're invited. Turn to your other neighbor and say, even you're invited. So community, you're invited. And, you know, I think sometimes we disqualify ourselves and we try to uninvite ourselves thinking, you know what, maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I don't have enough status. Maybe I don't have this. I don't have that. But we're invited, plain and simple as that. In fact, the Bible talks about it. So I'm going to get back to that couple in just a moment. But I want to talk about a parable that Jesus describes. Now, parables were Jesus' way of sharing stories, but they were these metaphoric stories that had another meaning. So the story I want to share is called The Great Banquet. Now, before I get into the scripture, I just want to share that Jesus was actually at a house party, and he was talking about the greatest house party of all time. So here we pick up in Luke chapter 14, verse 15. That triggered a response from one of the guests. How fortunate, the one who gets to eat dinner in God's kingdom. And Jesus followed up. Yes, for there was once a man who threw a great dinner party and invited many. When it was time for dinner, he sent out his servant to the invited guest saying, come on in, the food's on the table. Then they all began to beg off, one after another, making excuses. The first said, I bought a piece of property and I need to look it over, send my regrets. Another said, I just bought five teams of oxen, and I really need to check them out. Send my regrets. And yet another said, I just got married and need to get home to my wife. The servant went back and told the master what had happened. He was outraged and told the servant, quickly, get out into the city streets and alleys, collect all who look like they need a square meal, all the misfits and homeless and wretched you can lay your hands on, and bring them here. The servant reported back, Master, I did what you commanded, and there is still room. The master said, Then go to the country roads. Whoever you find, drag them in. I want my house full. Let me tell you, not one of those originally invited is going to get so much as a bite at my dinner party. So let me just break this down. In this story, the master is God. And he's basically describing this great banquet, this feast, and it's his kingdom. And he wants everybody there. Now, over 2,000 years ago, there was this misnomer that only Jews were invited to the kingdom of God. So Jesus is telling this story to debunk that notion that everyone is invited. The social outcasts, the down and outers, everyone is invited. You know, that couple I was telling you about, they too were invited to Freedom House. You see, they'd bought this house and it came with a trampoline, but they didn't have a need for a trampoline, so they put it on Craigslist. Y'all remember Craigslist? 
That was like, it's kind of like a thing of the past, right, before the Craigslist killer. Anyway, so they put it on Craigslist, and this family from Freedom House responds to the advertisement, and they say, yeah, we want to buy your trampoline. So they come, and they meet this couple, and they are packing up the trampoline, and the couple from Freedom House says, hey, you should check out our church. Now, what's interesting is the couple waited a little bit of time before they went. You know why? They had excuses. Oh, it's too far. We're too busy. You know, we don't really need a church right now. Excuses. We are all invited to community, but how often do we respond with excuses? You know, it's just like the guests at the the great banquet, the parable. You know, that first guest said, I just bought some property. I got to go check it out. Who buys property without laying eyes on it first? Like, come on. And the second guest, who's like, I just bought five teams of oxen. Well, back then, that was like your farm equipment to run your operation. Again, you're not going to buy equipment without laying eyes on it first. And the third guest who says, well, I just got married. What better place to show off your new spouse than at a house party? So it's easy to have excuses. But this couple, they finally come to Freedom House, and they start to realize that Maybe there's more here. And one day, something shifted for them. They're in the lobby, right outside of these doors, and a leader walks up to them and says, hey, I've seen y'all before, but I don't know you. Where are you serving? And instantly, they knew they were discovered. They couldn't hide anymore. They couldn't sit on that back row anymore because they were found out. Now, this couple felt like they had one of two choices. The first was, we'll go find another church, but that didn't really make sense. And the other choice was, hmm, it's probably time to start serving. So I'll I'll get back to that in just a moment. But they started to serve. The second point for tonight in community, if you're taking notes, is community relieves pressure. Community relieves pressure. So you know when you throw a party, it's not all champagne and cupcakes, right? There is work to do. You got to plan the food. You got to plan the drinks. You got to plan the music. It's what's a party without music. Like there's stuff to plan. But how often do we get caught up in the details and we forget that the purpose of the party is to serve? The purpose of the party is to serve. You know, recently I hosted a retirement party for one of my clients. She had spent 37 years working for her company. And so I said, I'm going to throw your retirement party and I'm going to do it at my house. So we hired a chef. We had, I had a team of people the day of the event at my house, decorating, putting everything together. And how about the power goes out? So I pick up the phone and I call my husband because he built the house. And I'm like, babe. The power went out, and he's like, what do you want me to do about it? I'm like, I don't know. You built the thing. And he's like, no, no, no. It doesn't work that way. I just got a text message. Duke Energy, like the the power went out in the entire neighborhood. And I start to panic. I've got literally like 35 people flying in from out of town to come to this party. We got a chef who I don't know how he's going to cook the food now that the power is out. And by the way, this is June. How many of you know that it gets hot in Charlotte in June? I'm literally feeling the heat in this moment. 
And you know, I heard God say, Diana, forget that. This party is about this woman, your client, who spent 37 years at this company, and all of these people are coming to celebrate her. And you know, in that moment, this revelation that I had, I was like, all right, you know what? That's true. I just need to focus on her, and the rest will just fall into place. You know what happened? The power came back on. And in that moment, I heard God say, you know, Diana, when you don't sweat the details, I will make sure that the details don't make you sweat. The details won't make you sweat. So it's easy to get caught up in the serve. It's easy to. And you know, I'm not the only one. There's actually a story in the Bible that I want to read to you. There was a woman named Martha, and she too got a little caught up in the details. We're going to read Luke chapter 10, verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do all the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. You know, Martha literally is throwing a fit, a hissy fit. Now, I have to speak honestly here because I can find myself in that situation. But, you know, I love how Jesus is responding to her. In fact, the message version says it this way. This is verse 41. The master said, Martha, dear Martha, you're fussing far too much and getting yourself worked up over nothing. One thing only is essential, and Mary has chosen it. It's the main course and won't be taken from her. You know, I love this because Jesus in this situation was the main course. And Martha's worried about the appetizers that had already been served. How easy, right? When we are preparing something in life, maybe it's a party or maybe it's actually life. And we are so focused on the details that we forget the purpose. You know, I think that when we focus on the main course, when we focus on Jesus, he puts all of it into perspective. You know, I often pray on my way to work. I'm like, all right, God, here's my schedule. But you reorchestrate it as you see fit, as you want my day to happen to serve you. And many times he takes me up on that. Sometimes uh, not to my chagrin. So this one day, I'm leaving a meeting. I'm walking out into the parking lot. And I'm like fussing with God about something. You know those moments when you're just kind of running through things with God and it's not how you want it to be? And amidst this, I hear God say to me, Diana, go pray for that woman. And I'm like, God, I'm talking to you about this thing. So, so important that I don't even remember what it was. And he's like, yeah, go pray for that woman. And I'm like, what woman? And I look up. And two aisles over in this parking lot is this woman standing next to a car. And I'm like, fine. So in my kind of brattiness in the moment, instead of walking over to that woman, I got in my car and I drove over to her. But I rolled down my window and I said, ma'am, can I, 
ask you a really weird question? And she's like, uh, okay. I said, do you need prayer for anything? And her whole disposition changed. And she looked at me and she said, no one's ever asked me that before. Sure, yeah. So I get out of my car and I laid hands on her. And you know, I don't even remember what I prayed because God was speaking through me. But do you know when I finished, she had tears running down her cheek and she said, you have no idea how much you've blessed me. You know, that day, had I allowed the details to continue to consume me, I would have missed out on this opportunity right in front of me to bless somebody besides myself. When you're in community, it will relieve pressure. The third point I want to share with you tonight is community changes our focus. Community changes our focus. It's not a house party without guests, right? And oftentimes, we're throwing a party and it's for someone, right? Maybe it's a birthday gal or guy and we're celebrating another year of their life. Maybe it's a retirement party or an engagement party or, you know, maybe it's a baby shower. And so there's a guest of honor. A guest of honor. They are the purpose for the party. Well, that couple that I started off with, so now they're at Freedom House. Now they're serving. And they start to realize that the, they had been living all these years as the guest of honor of their own life party. And they realized that when they were serving, it wasn't about what they could gain. It was about what they could give. Their time, their talents, and their finances in community. So I have a question for you to ponder. Who's your guest of honor? You know, did you know that when we are in community, we're actually worshiping God? It's a form of worship. And you know what it does? It literally shifts our focus from here to here. We're no longer me-centered. We're focused on God. You know, there's a, a quote that I heard recently, and I wanted to share it with you because it just really hit close to home for me. We're going to put it up on the board here. It says, for a long time, I saw Jesus from a distance and I thought we'd met. What I've come to realize is if I really wanna meet Jesus, I have to get a lot closer to the people he created. You know, when you aren't in community, it's like hosting a party without the guest of honor. But when you are serving the guest of honor, you're serving Jesus. You know, in the Bible it says in Matthew 23, then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then the righteous answered him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go to visit you? The king will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. 
you know, Pastor Clint was talking about that scripture earlier as we were praying over our missions team. And I love that. You know, when I pull up to the corner and I hand the cash in my wallet to the homeless woman, I love to imagine that it's Jesus in disguise. I'm serving my guest of honor. Now, there was a time when uh, God said to me, hey, Diana, and he put this woman on my heart, and then he put an amount on my heart, and he said, go write her a check. And I was like, because this amount was a lot of money to me at the time. And I was like, okay, all right, fine. Like, you know, show me her address. I'll send it to her. And he was like, nope. I want you to give it to her in person. And I was like, okay, all right. Turns out she lived two hours away. And so I said, okay, well, God, I just need you to confirm this for me because I just want to be sure. So you know how social media has all those algorithms behind the scenes? This woman was not somebody in my, like, close circle. So she was not somebody I would often see in my feed. Every time I went to Facebook, every time I went to Instagram, who did I see first pop up? This woman. So I'm like, okay, all right. So I reach out to her and I said, hey, can we grab coffee? And she's kind of like, don't, don't you live two hours? Sure. <laughs> so we meet for coffee this day and I'm like, all right, God, like this is awkward. Like you got to tell me what to say. And he said, when you get there, you just walk in, you hand it to her, you hug her, you get back in the car and you come home. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> I get there, I walk in and I walk up to this woman and I said, I know this is really strange, but... God told me to give this to you. And she looks at it and she starts crying. She said, I'm a single mom. Do you know that I've been praying for this exact amount of money to pay my rent this month? And I hugged her and I got back in the car. You know, when we serve Jesus as our guest of honor, it doesn't matter who he calls us to bless or what he calls us to do because we are serving the king of kings. We are serving Jesus, our guest of honor. Now, maybe you're asking yourself right now, why does God need me to serve? Well, I love what it says in Romans 15. Let's read this together. This is verse one. Those of us who are strong and able in the faith need to step in and lend a hand to those who falter and not do just what is most convenient for us. Strength is for service, not status. Each one of us needs to look after the good of the people around us, asking ourselves, how can I help? That's exactly what Jesus did. He didn't make it easy for himself by avoiding people's troubles, but waded right in and helped out. You know, that couple I've been talking about, as they started serving in community at Freedom House, they grew closer to Jesus. So the fourth point I want to share with you tonight, and this is the last one before I wrap up, community surrounds us. Community surrounds us. We are not called to do this life alone. We're just not. And how many of you know that sometimes we got to show up to the party alone? I know that is a crappy thing to think about. It does not feel good to think about going somewhere alone. But let me tell you, as I was preparing this message, God said to me, you may show up alone, but you will leave surrounded. You may show up alone, but you will leave surrounded. You know, I want to talk about a story from the Bible. So D Peter, he's one of the disciples. And in this time, he had already been imprisoned twice. So James had just been killed by Herod. 
And so Peter is now in prison as well. And Herod is kind of smart. He's like, I don't want Peter to be able to get out. So he assigned him 16 soldiers, guards. That's 32 eyeballs that are watching him to make sure that he does not break out of prison. He's got chains on his arms, and his situation is not looking good. So here's where we pick up together. We're going to read this. This is verse 5 of Acts 12. So Peter was kept in prison. And I'm going to pause there for just a second. That's his circumstance, right? He's in prison. That's his circumstance. Now let's read this next part together. I want you all to join with me. Ready? But the church was earnestly praying to God to him. Let's read that again. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. One more time. But the church was earnestly praying to God for him. You know, I think we all have a circumstance. And I think we all, in the absence of community, can feel really alone. And I think all of us have faced something. Maybe right now you're facing a situation with your spouse and you're going, I don't know how we're going we're gonna to work this out. But let me encourage you. But your church is earnestly praying for you. Maybe right now you're facing a medical situation and you're going, I don't know what that outcome is going to look like. But let me encourage you. But your church is earnestly praying for you. Maybe right now you've got a situation with your child. Maybe it's behavioral. Maybe it's physical. I don't know what that is, but I just want to encourage you. But your church is earnestly praying for you. When we are in community, there's a big but. And I got to be careful because in my house, that's a bad word. And my kids are on the front row. You know, Peter had a pretty dreary circumstance. He's chained. He's shackled in prison. But the church was earnestly praying for him. Now let's read what happens after this big but. This is verse seven. Suddenly, an angel of the Lord appeared and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him up. Quick, get up, he said, and the chains fell off of Peter's wrists. Then the angel said to him, put on your clothes and sandals, and Peter did so. Wrap your cloak around you and follow me, the angel told him. Peter followed him out of the prison, but he had no idea that what the angel was doing was really happening. He thought he was seeing a vision. They passed the first and second guards and came to the iron gate leading to the city. It opened for them by itself, and they went through it. When they had walked the length of one street, suddenly the angel left him. The impossible is made possible in community. Freedom is made possible in community. I think we all have faced situations and we did it without community. It's not a fun place to be. But when you're in community, the seemingly impossible is made possible. I want to tell you a story about a Freedom House woman. Now, this is a couple of years ago. And at Freedom House, if you're not familiar, we do this, like, fantastic egg hunt. It's massive. And every year, it gets a little bit better. This year, we had the big helicopter. So this is a couple years ago. I'm very pregnant with our third baby. And I've got two toddlers. And we get to the big event, and my husband's like, hey, they need me to serve. I'll see you later. And I'm like, sweet. 
got these kids. Okay, got it. So, you know, we do the egg hunt, we go get food, and like I'm sweating like crazy because that's what happens when you're pregnant. And we go inside, we sit down, and this woman comes and sits beside us. And I introduced myself, we started talking, and she just got this look on her face. And I said, are you okay? And she said, if I'm being honest, I'm not. My husband just left me. And I'm raising my five-year-old daughter now on my own. And I don't know how I'm going to do this. And I looked at her and I said, girl, you need a tribe. I said, we've got life group on Wednesday. What are you doing? And she said, I don't have any plans. I said, good, you're coming. She comes to our life group. And she has like 15 friends instantly women that would pray for her, check in on her, help her out with her daughter, and just do life. We need people to just do life with us. Flash forward a year, and I get a call from this woman, and she's sobbing. She said, Diana, my daddy just died, and she's just in such despair. And I prayed with her and I tried to encourage her. And after the call, I called her life group and like immediately she had two weeks worth of meals for meal train set up. And she had people reaching out to her, praying for her and encouraging her. And you know, I had this moment where I said, God, I'm angry, I don't understand. Here's this woman that you brought out of such despair. How could you allow this to happen to her? Again, she's back in that place. And you know what he said to me? Diana, do you know how much I love her? And I said, no, I don't know how much you love her. And he said, I sent her to intersect with your path a year ago so that she would join your life group for such a time is this. Will you all stand to your feet? You know that couple that I was talking about that came to Freedom House and they sat on the back row and they were so disengaged and for so many years missed out on the greatest house party of all time, God's church, his community? That was me and Matt. For six years, we came to Freedom House and we sat on that back row. And then somebody noticed us one day and said, you're invited, come join us, come serve. And we started to realize what life was like in community. And all of a sudden, the pressure was relieved because we would walk through circumstances. I'm not gonna tell you that the trial stopped, Man, in some cases, they came on stronger. But do you know, we had people that we could call on that would pray for us, that would support us. And you know, our, our focus shifted. It was no longer about us. It was no longer about how we could advance in our careers or store up more money in our bank accounts. Now it was about who we were serving. And you know, we were absolutely surrounded. And I'm here to tell you today, that if you're not in community, it's time to get in one. And maybe you're going, well, I don't know what that looks like. Well, you know, we've got several events coming up at Freedom House. We've got a serve day on July 14th. You might say, I don't know anybody, that's okay. 
Get a t-shirt and show up. Because just like God said to me that day, you might show up alone, but you're gonna leave surrounded. If you're a lady, we've got a women's night coming up, July 20th. Mark your calendars, be here. I promise you, you won't regret it. And if I could just have every eye closed and every head bowed. You know, I just feel like there's some people in here and maybe you don't quite know what it feels like to walk with the greatest guest of honor, Jesus. And that too starts with a simple invitation, one that God extends to us all. And I would be remiss if I left here tonight without giving you that opportunity. I'm not gonna do anything crazy. I'm not gonna make you come up here and do anything wild. I just want you to do something bold, right in your seat with all eyes closed. I just want you to lift your hand because I wanna pray for you. If that's you, would you just do that right now? If you wanna make Jesus your Lord and Savior, just lift your hand now. Thank you, I see your hand. Thank you, I see your hand. You can put your hands down. Now maybe you're in here and you're going, you know what? I made that decision to follow Jesus a long time ago, or maybe it was last week, but you're feeling like you're missing out on what God has for you. And if that's you, I just wanna give you that opportunity right now. Don't miss this chance to just recommit your life and to know that God is about to rock your world with the greatest house party of all time. If that's you, will you just lift up your hand right now? I wanna pray for you as well. Thank you, thank you. I see your hands. And I just wanna lead you in a prayer. You can put your hands down. And I want everybody in here to just join in and repeat after me. Heavenly Father, thank you that you sent Jesus so that I could be invited. Thank you that Jesus died so that I could be forgiven. Thank you for this great house party, this community in Freedom House that I now call my home. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys. Thanks again for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this message. Don't forget to subscribe. And hey, if you want to find out more about our church or how you can be a part, go to freedomhouse.cc.